Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. It was this week that I was reading the story of a man called Jean-Dominique Balbi. He was the editor of the French magazine Elle, or Ellie if you pronounce it like that, and uh, was living a fast-paced life with his family, enjoying life as the editor of this fashion magazine, when in 1995, he suddenly had a stroke and his entire life ground to a halt. And uh, he was put into hospital and he discovered something after the stroke. He was completely paralyzed, couldn't move anything, but he discovered that he could move one single muscle in his body. Guess what it was? It was his left eyelid. Totally paralyzed, can only move his left eyelid. Amazing. So after a couple of weeks in the hospital, he said he figured out a way of sending a message, you know, like alphabet with his eyelid. And he wrote a letter to 60 of his friends and colleagues explaining to them through flickering of his eyelid, believe it or not, that he was in this, in, in this state or like a coma, paralyzed, but he wasn't dead. He was alive inside and he could actually communicate. And they were all like, Wow. So one of the editors, journalists of a book publishing company got one of these letters and explained. He said, well, we need to send someone to him. Maybe he can write a book and tell us about what's going on. You know, he's in this like coma state, but he can move his one eyelid. What does it feel like? Many people would want to know. So he sits, the journalist sits down next to him, and after 200,000 blinks, he writes a book called The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. And people buy the book, 150,000 copies are sold in the first week. It becomes a bestseller that year. And thousands of people have read the book and millions of people to date have read the book about his experience being trapped in a body where only your eyelid can work. Sadly, two days after the book was published, he died of pneumonia. The reason I tell you the story is this. This Jean-Dominique Balbi was not easily put off by what happened to him. You and I are sometimes so easily put off and we have our whole body functioning. Our legs, our arms, our mouths, and our brains, but we allow it to paralyze us instead of to stir us to action. Uh, he, he commented here about his condition and said, I would be the happiest man in the world if I could just properly, properly swallow the saliva that permanently invades my mouth. I want to ask you today, are you easily put off? Are you easily upset, offended, stopped in your tracks, in your desire to accomplish your goals? Are you put off serving God? Are you put off running a business? Are you put off the country? Maybe I should just interject. If you put off the country and want to leave, be my guest. You will find other countries even worse. Because where you go, there you are. (laughs) We mustn't be Christians that are easily put off. And I want to remind you, the devil wants to stop your momentum. That's why he puts you off, because he's trying to get you to stop what you're doing, the direction you're going, the goals you want to achieve, the Christian walk you're living. He's trying to stop you in your tracks. You see... They say if you take a steam engine, you know these huge steam engines, they did tests with them. If 
you take a steam engine, I think you run it at five miles per hour, uh, you know, which is not very fast, it can go through a brick wall two bricks thick. Five miles an hour, just because of the momentum. But that same steam engine, if you take a block of metal this square, they call, called an inch square, it's about three centimeters square, and you put one on each track underneath the front wheels, and then you try and start it, those little blocks will stop that thing from going, the wheels will just spin. That's the power of momentum. And when you get your momentum stopped, the devil is happy because he doesn't want you moving forward. He wants to keep you limited to one place. Don't be put off by things. Don't be put off by the country. Don't be put off by the church. Don't be put off by Christian leaders who have failed. Keep your momentum. Keep going. Don't look at the internet and read about what's happening. Pastors are stealing money, touching women, doing all sorts of things. Don't be put off by that. You just keep going. Rivers Church will just keep going. You don't see us stopping. Keep going. And when the economy dips and when you don't get that deal or that tender that you put out, and you, don't fall apart. You've got to have something internal that keeps you going. I love what Robert Kiyosaki said about the economy, and I think it would be good for Christians to adopt this. He says we must have an internal economy, not only be regulated by an external economy. I know what money means, and I know how much money is, and so I keep my mind on God's economy, not just on this economy. See, we get put off by sickness, a little bit of illness. We feel a little bit, I think I've I, I got a sniff, we stay home. No, don't be put off. Come with your tissues, we don't mind. Robert Louis Stevenson, the author of Treasure Island, I don't know if you still hear about Treasure Island or know who he is. Today you hear about Eminem and all the rappers at school. We learned about Treasure Island. And before the days of antibiotics, he got what was called consumption. But he was a very positive person. And even though he was sick, he, he wrote and he, he tried to keep himself motivated. And one day his wife heard him coughing very badly, and she came to him, and she said to him, I expect you still believe it's a wonderful day. And he looked up and looked at the sun dancing on the walls of his room, and he turned to her and he said, I do. I will never permit a row of medicine bottles to block my horizon. I feel so compelled of the Lord that I want to speak to you today, and I've entitled the message, Becoming unstoppable. Becoming unstoppable. Don't be stopped. Don't be put off. Keep going. Dave Anderson is a Christian author and writes about business, wrote a wonderful book called uh, Business by the Book and written a number of other wonderful books. He says this about what makes someone unstoppable. He says, no birth certificate has ever proclaimed someone as unstoppable. In other words, you're not born unstoppable. Nor has one ever declared someone a sluggard, mediocre, or a pessimist. We become these not by declaration or genetics, but by our own decisions and grit or lack thereof. It's the decisions we make. And so we need to make right decisions because in the Bible, we meet about people that are easily stopped and we mustn't be like that. And I want to read to you in a moment from Genesis 19. We've been in the book of Genesis. I think the story will help us. It's the story of Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah were a, was, was a metropolis of, 
of uh, little towns, and, and it, was a, it was a business center. The, the, the ground was very fertile, and so it was a business center, highly developed, very wealthy, and people went there to make money, a little bit, in a sense, like Santon, but morally corrupt from where we get the word sodomy. It originates from there, and the Lord decided that he was not happy with it. He sent warnings, and he determined that he would destroy it, and we read about how Lot and his family, who were irked by living there, the Bible says in, 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 in uh, to Peter. However, he still stayed living there. How many of you know, sometimes you can be irked by people, but you hang around with them because it benefits you. Well, God sent the angels, two angels, by the way. And whenever you read about two angels delivering people, it's usually a picture, listen, of the father and the son who are involved in salvation. The father sends the son and the Holy Spirit, they perform the work of salvation. So let's pick it up in Genesis 19, and we'll look at seven things that we need to observe in order to become unstoppable. Are you with me? You're good? It says, with the coming of the dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you'll be swept away when the city is punished. Just notice there the word punished. They are punishing angels, and they are saving angels. Psalm 68 teaches us about that. When he hesitated, I wonder why he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them safely out the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plain. You'll seeing that? Be unstoppable, he's saying. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. But verse 18 is tragic. We always have a but, don't we? And it's our big but that gets in the way. Does your big but get in the way? <laughs> but Lot said to them, no, my lords, please. Your servant has found favor in your eyes, and you've shown great kindness to me by sparing my life, but I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me, and I'll die. In other words, I can't do what God is telling me to do. Look, here is a town near enough to run to, and it is small. Let me flee to it. It is very small, isn't it? What's the matter with you? Then my life will be spared. He said to him, very well, I'll grant this request too. I will not overthrow the town you speak of. So he's, he's going to go to this little town, and the people there won't be judged because he wants to go to this little small place. And then the angel says, but flee there quickly because I can't do anything until you reach it. That is why the town is called Zoar, means small. By the time Lot reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, you know, God's pretty unhappy here. And it came from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. God's not as green as you think. <laughs> you didn't get that. Wonder why he destroyed the vegetation. Maybe it was infected. Maybe, maybe in his sight that whole place was just, I, I want to make a fresh start. If you go there today, the Dead Sea is in that vicinity. There's no land there at all. And here's the most tragic verse in this passage. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Listen, when we look back, we become stoppable. 
And God is saying, don't look back, don't stop, go forward. Let's look at seven things, and you know, there's not many good things Lot did you, but one of them is good, and you, we, we haven't read it, we'll read it in a moment. But I want to say this to you, because this is, this is important for people that are motivated and goal-driven. First thing about becoming unstoppable, be unstoppable, but don't be mean. I'm sure you didn't expect that. You see, what happens is many people adopt the unstoppable mindset, but God help you if you get around them. I'm going this way, and if you're not going with me, you can get lost, because I'm going to buy a Ferrari. I'm telling you, just watch me, eh? I'm going to drive a Ferrari, and you're going to see me in Gucci and Versace, and you want to slap them, because they are goal-driven. They believe in God. They're using faith, but man, they are mean, and Lot was not like that. Lot had a gentle spirit. He was a good man, and I believe we can have both. Can you say amen? Notice here, he was kind to strangers, Genesis 19. We'll read just a few verses here. It says, the two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. He didn't know who they were. It says, when he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. Can we just stop there? Don't be so rich and drive such a nice car that you're too big to say hello to people or to greet people. I watch, you can clap. I watch pastors when their church is small. They love everybody. They greet everybody. Then their church gets big. Then they, they got three bodyguards. Don't touch the man of God. Don't look him in the eye. No, we don't. Why, why do we get like that? What's wrong with us? When we're driving the old Toyota, we're only too happy when someone stops. What's wrong? No, I don't know. I think it's the spark plugs. When last did you service it? About six years ago. Then they help you push, go, uh, uh, and then you get started. Hey, cheers, man, give me your number. Then when you're driving the Range Rover, you've you got the pig nose. No, come on. Let's, let's be honorable even though we're wealthy. This man is wealthy, he's rich, but he's got the, 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 the grace to honor people. Look what it says. He says, my lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. Humility. You can wash your feet, spend the night, go on your way early in the morning. You can follow your own agenda. No, they answered, we will spend the night in the square. But he insisted so strongly that they did go with him and entered his house. He's got servants and everything, but it says he prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. You know what I see there? Bread without yeast tells me he had no agenda just nice. Can you be a Christian like that? Trust God, unstoppable. You're full of faith. We, we want to be people like that, where we build buildings, where we grow church, we're on television, we're unstoppable, we're not put off, we're not easily phased. We've got goals. No one will stop us, but you can shake our hand. You come talk to us. We're not too high and mighty. We walk through Sandton City, people greet us. We're not, who are you? Why do we get like that? We become carnal. Then we know why God doesn't bless us. I'm unstoppable. I'm trusting God. God says, you have no idea. I've got my hand in front of you. Number two. You all okay? Don't declare an I can't over what God has declared a way out. Lot says you, I can't. What do you mean you can't? You're two angels from heaven leading you out, and you say you can't. I'll tell you what, we've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit leading us. Never say I can't. 
Press through the challenge. Press through the difficulty. There's challenges in our world. God's dealing with the world. There's economic upheaval. There's political upheaval. But we can still go forward in God. Don't declare an I can't when God has declared a way out. You can do more than you can imagine. It starts in your mind and your decisions and your eyes on God. I was reading about this Indian lady, Sudha Chandran. She's a Hindu actress or Hindi actress and a dancer. She started dancing at three, uh, three and a half years old and uh, became quite an accomplished dancer. But at 17, she was driving with her parents and they had an accident and her leg was injured. And after a couple of weeks or months, it turned gangrenous and they had to cut her leg off. And they thought that would be the end of her career. But she decided with a prosthetic leg to keep on dancing, to keep on practicing, and to keep on. And, and these dancers, you know, this is, this is not ballroom stuff where you drag your foot and you. No, this is, this is, this is Hindi stuff. Where you, e, 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 e. You, you, there's lots of movement here. She practiced till she got it right. I'm trying to explain to you what it took. In case you think it's like a, she danced. No, she didn't dance. She hoid. This woman has starred in 74 movies and done 63 television shows. She's married. She's got a husband. She has children, and she's won numerous awards. She's earned herself a BA, an MA, and an honorary doctorate. And here we are with our whole bodies, and we are stopped. What is stopping you? Start wiggling. And don't declare an I can't over that which God has declared a way out in your life. Number three, is this helping you? Never look for a comfortable place to settle. Unstoppable people don't settle. You see, Lot is looking for survival. He's not looking for enlargement. He chooses a place that's small. Just let me go there. Just let me survive. Just let me be there. You're asking too much of me. And so he wants to settle because he's lived a settled life. But often when you live a settled life, God unsettles you for more. We would never be able to keep planting campuses if I didn't feel unsettled. Imagine I'm approaching 70. I, I want to I settle now. Bring me a chair. I don't stand and preach anymore. I want to sit like John Maxwell. If John Maxwell can sit, I can sit too. With all respect to John Maxwell, if he wants to sit. You, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to settle. You know what they say? When people retire, that's when they die. Because you settle. And they, I had friends, I've had people work with me, I've had, I won't mention, but people that have worked, not here, years ago, and, and you, you meet them in church, how are you? I'm fine, how's, it, how's the family, how's it going, how's work? <laughs> 93 days till retirement. Not 90, not about four months, 93 days. Next time you see them in church, a couple of weeks, how's it? 71 days to retirement. They ticking, 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 when they get to the, I'm retired. Then you hear later, ah, oh, two months later, they died. Oh, but possibly maybe they were sick. No, no, they died from inactivity. You go read up on this. That's why the Bible doesn't talk about retirement. We can slow down, but we mustn't retire. Because when you lose your momentum, you come to a grinding halt. Don't look for a place to settle. Some of you want to settle. You're 30 years old. I want to settle down now. And by, this is so funny. People say, I want to marry and settle down. Are you dreaming? Marry and settle down. And then you have kids. That's settling down. Now, baby, you're on your feet for life now. 
So be careful of this looking for a place to settle. It's, it's not healthy. And uh, you, you, you'd think that he would have said, okay, lead me out. I've got an uncle called Abraham. Let me go and connect with him. Let me ask him for his help. He's helped me before. Maybe he can help me again. No, he wants to find a little place where he can go and shrivel up. And you know what? God often stirs you up and unsettles you when he's got a new beginning for you. He had a new beginning for Lot. He could have just killed Lot there with his family. <laughs> Cost of doing business. No. Collateral damage. No, God says, I'm going to rescue you because I've got plans for you. You're a righteous man and I care about you. You know, when God took Israel into the wilderness, he had to unsettle them in order to get them into Canaan. They didn't want to leave Egypt, and then in the wilderness, they didn't want to go further. And I will remind you, Deuteronomy 28, it uses this profound verse, been preached on for years by many people, Deuteronomy 32, it says of the Lord, like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft, the Lord alone led him, no foreign god was with him. If you're an eagle does, when its, when its chicks are so settled in the nest, <laughs> this is great. I was born for greatness. Check how high up we are. And mom brings me food every day. All I need to do is... No, it starts to tear it apart. The eagle tears the nest apart. Then it picks them up and it drops them over the edge. Then it goes underneath them with its wings and brings them up. In other words, this is not what you were born for, babies. You were born for a bigger world. And so God will unsettle you and disrupt your life. Stop looking to settle. Say, God, what are you saying? What challenge are you bringing? Maybe he's bringing something fresh. Seneca said this. He said, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. God will unsettle you because he's got something more. Remember, he unsettled the apostle Paul. Got him on the road to Damascus and unsettled him. He was too settled in being a Pharisee. And then God used him greatly for a new beginning in the growth of the early church. Nelson Mandela himself said this, there is no passion to be found playing small in settling for a life that is less than the one you're capable of living. Don't just look at money, look at a large life, a new beginning. Don't just look at comfort. And sometimes when God is wanting to lead you into something fresh, you know what he'll do? He'll make things worse. You think things are getting worse because the devil's getting to you? No, God could be using it because he wants to start something new. Remember the guy who founded the Holiday Inns? He didn't find them sitting in his lounge. I think I'll open a hotel. He lost his job, and he got his pension, and his wife said to him, you always wanted to open a hotel. Why don't you take your pension and open a hotel? And that's how Holiday Inn was founded. It got worse before it got better. And you know, when, when, when the Lord was about to release the children of Israel from Egypt, remember Moses went to Pharaoh in Exodus 5, and he said, let my people go? It got worse because Pharaoh said, ah, they're moaning and complaining. Give them less straw, get them to make more bricks, drive them harder. It got worse before it got better, but it was the beginning of something. Stop looking for a place to settle. Ask God, what are you saying? Help me to move with you, Lord. Because God's plan is not for us to settle, but to keep enlarging. Are you all still with me? Number four, don't sympathize with those going in the opposite direction. You keep looking back. I think Lot felt sorry for the people of Sodom. So did his wife. But when you turn around and you sympathize, that's when you become immobilized. Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt because when you long for that which God is rescuing you from, you can't move forward. 
And don't look at unsaved people. They're nice, you know. I know they don't know Jesus, but they're the nicest people you'll ever find. How many women don't look at men who don't know Jesus and then look with the eye and touch with the touch? But pastor, his upper body is so developed, he works out. I feel, I feel the Lord telling me. And he's got this gold ring. He's got such good taste. You know, everything he's got from his phone to his chain on his neck and, and his ring and then this upper body. And, and, and you know, he just, just that he doesn't know the Lord. And you sympathize with that which sometimes God is calling you away from. Because you can't see the hidden dangers because you're using your emotions and your feelings to reason. Isn't that the truth? Be so careful. You see, we think that we've got a connection with people, but Rabbi Daniel Lappin said something profound in speaking on relationships. I've never forgotten it. He says this, real connection takes place when we have similar beliefs, not similar interests. Don't think because people like Versace and you like Versace that you can make a life. No, no. What about beliefs, value systems, money, worship, church, raising your children? What about those? Similar interests. Oh, I also like Santon. Are you from Santon? Yeah, I'm from Santon, doll. No, that's not going to keep. Stop looking at people going in the opposite direction. You're looking with the eyes. You're looking on the surface. Am I making sense? Some people are getting uncomfortable. I was like, oh. If you watch a movie called The Walk, very interesting. It's about Philippe Petit, Frenchman who was a tightrope artist, walked across a tightrope between buildings, and in 74, he walked between the non-existent now, the two World Trade Centers, and a movie was made of it. And if you watch the movie, something interesting, when you watch the 45 minutes of him crossing on that tightrope, you notice something significant, that at the point I want to make today is this, he never looks down once. And so you don't keep looking back, you don't keep looking down, you look forward and you get to where God wants you, even though it's challenging. So easy to sympathize. I don't have the time to read it, but if you get a chance, you can read the book of Genesis in chapter 27, and it's the story of Isaac. Remember, Jacob is sent in by his mother with fur on his arm. He's the younger, but his mother wants him to get the older brother's blessing, so she puts fur on his arm, and then she says, take your brother's food and, and wear his clothing and cook the stew that he likes, and so he goes in there, and Isaac says, the, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the feel is the feel of Esau. And he blesses him because he bases it, because his eyesight's bad, he bases it on smell, he smells the food, and he bases it on touch, not on what his ears were telling him. What his ears were telling him, it's the voice of Jacob. And your ear needs to be tuned to the word, not to your feelings. Are you with me? Otherwise, you will want to stay, or you'll be like Lot. You'll want to go halfway. I'm not in the world like those heathens, but I'm not like those happy clappies at rivers. You want to live in Zohar in a small place. No, no, don't sympathize with those God's called you from. Move ahead and leave them to him. Number five. Are you still with me? Cultivate your passion. Stir yourself, but rely on God. You see, none of us is truly unstoppable. We are only unstoppable when God fills us. But we become unstoppable when we stir ourselves. 
Let me explain that to you. God needs something to work with. And sometimes he, he looks at us and he says, I want to do something, but you're so dead. You're so doff. You're so unmotivated. I dare you to bless me, Lord. Why doesn't God do something? No, he wants you to go, Lord, I'm ready. Help me. Use me. Give me vision. He's at least got something to work with. Are you with me? Remember the story of Elisha? Elisha goes to the king of Israel, and he tells him, shoot an arrow out the window. And he does. He said, that's the Lord's arrow. In other words, you can't do what God will do. That's the arrow of the Lord, and he will do a work. Then he says to him, take a bunch of arrows and hit them on the ground. And the king says, okay, it's a crazy prophet, but I'll do it. One, two, three. He says, you should have struck them more times. Now you'll only win over Aram three times. God limits our victories to our passion. That's why we have to stir ourselves. We have to determine we're going forward. We will be unstoppable, but then we need his strength. See, we don't, none of us can go forever. No one is truly unstoppable. Think of all the great soccer teams that seem to win the Premier League every year. They seem unstoppable, but even Liverpool has slid down. <laughs> and as for Manchester United, we will not say anything. Lest you stop listening at this point because you are so stoppable. Am I making sense? How many of you have seen company buildings that were huge and brand names that were huge that are gone now? I was fascinated to see that Mrs. Ball's chutney is now being advertised. Bring the Mrs. along. Because everything has to be revived or dies. Because nothing is truly unstoppable. We need God, but we've got to first stir ourselves. And when we stir ourselves, it's amazing what we can do. I was reading about this 70-year-old man, pretty amazing, Michael Kish. He stunned the internet by finishing a 100-meter dash in 13.47 seconds. Unbelievable. One Twitter user, because we went on Twitter, he said, this is pretty amazing, especially considering the fact that I do not even drive that fast at 65. <laughs> Another said, I'm confident that I, I, I could straighten up out of the starting block at the start, never mind run that far that fast. In other words, if I bent down to try, I'm not sure I could get up because... This guy's running at 13.47. And another one said, running at 13 at 70 is insane. You see, passion is what makes older people keep going. Not genetics. I'm not born this way. I decide every day I will keep going. I will preach next week at Rivers. Then I will take a pause. Then I will come back and preach again at Rivers. And I will open another campus, possibly in Cape Town. Possibly. That slipped out. That slipped out. I'm not sure. Let's rewind. How many of you know we're not going to sleep at the wheel? We don't want to be stopped. Oh, but the church is large and you're getting older. So what? I'll run it in 13.47 seconds because momentum is what counts. Can you say amen this morning? It's so easy to be stopped. We've got to keep going. Thomas Edison, in the 84 years that he was an inventor, over a thousand inventions were patented. He's known for the light bulb that is so famous, but he actually made his money with the alkaline battery, and it took him 9,000 failed experiments to get the alkaline battery correct. And he said this, is famously quoted, that he said, genius is 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. 
And at 80 years old, on his 80th birthday, he made an announcement at the birthday party that he was opening a new company to develop rubber because rubber was now going to be used on car tires. That's how the man thought. Passion. Passion. You need passion. I love what Bruce Hartman said. He was an animator, the guy who founded Nickelodeon. He said, life is full of challenges, but I always have the three Ps. Passion, patience, and persistence. And the fourth one is pizza. I mean, you know, you need a bit of pizza when you're passionate and you're pressing forward. We need to stir ourselves and trust God to ignite us as we step out. Can, can you say amen? Number six, don't confuse life with God. See, life will stop you. And if you say it's God, well, then you stopped in your tracks. Because how can you oppose God? And life will infect you and affect you. But God will move you forward even in the troubles and fatalism kind of says, well, whatever will be, will be. And that's where we get the word lottery from. Life is a gamble and it's chance. No, no, we don't accept our lot in life. We move on because it's not luck. And life can be difficult, but God is good. Are you with me? Let me remind you of this verse if you haven't heard me quote it. Psalm 119 verse 68, speaking of God, you are good and what you do is good. You see, because God is good, he does good. But life, you can never trust life. Life will throw accidents and disease and chaos at you. Life will become unstable politically, emotionally. You can never tell. But God is consistent and he is good. And sometimes when life throws a curved ball at you, it stops you. And then you live limited instead of moving on. I was reading about the, the uh, aquariums and how they put all the different fish together in these massive aquariums and how they don't eat each other up. And they introduce a barracuda, which is a, which is a predator. They introduce it into the tank and immediately it starts looking for the fish that it eats, like the mackerel are there. So it starts going for the mackerel. But they've got glass partitions between the mackerel and the barracuda. So the barracuda swims up. Bam, it hits its nose on the glass, and it gets a complete shock, and it's very sensitive there. Goes away again, comes back again, bam. Well, this goes on for a couple of days, couple of weeks, and then eventually they remove the glass. Well, the barracuda just keeps coming to that point and then turning around, swimming away, because the restriction has been defined. I wonder in our minds if there's that something that stopped us once. Now, ooh, I'll never do that again. Ooh, yeah, no, I, I dated a guy, and you know what he did to me? So, you know, men, ooh, yeah. I've opened a business and I lost a lot of money. Don't talk to me about business. Give me a safe job. So you keep swimming up to the imaginary barrier and you allow life to limit you and God says, I've got more for you. You see, we accept restrictions and we speak ourselves into negativity. I, I was thinking about this message and just this came to mind again. Susan Boyle. Do you remember Susan Boyle? She's the woman that at 48 years old entered the... Uh, Britain's Got Talent competition, and uh, I remember distinctly when she got up to sing, and she stood on the stage, she was quite, the only way to describe it is a bit nerdy, and she was like, and all the judges, they look at each other, and the camera focuses on him, then she starts to sing, and their mouths open, and she becomes world famous. And they change her look and they make her a bit more modern. And she sells millions of records and everyone knows Susan Boyle. She said this, I think it's profound and we could take note. She said, there are enough people in the world who are going to write you off. You don't need to do that for yourself.
I need to come to a close. Number seven, develop an unstoppable faith in Jesus. We can't go back. We can't look back. We can't hanker for the lifestyle of the unsaved. And remember the good old days. Israel did that. They thought of Egypt and all the wonderful things there. But they were in slavery. No, no, we need to develop an unstoppable faith. Don't feel like you're missing out. When you come to church on a Sunday and other people are at the dam or they've gone to the game reserve or they're all meeting at Tang for lunch in the square. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Enjoy yourself. We'll see you later. I know that anything I allow will stop me. And gradually I'll come to church once a month and then every second month. And before you know it, I wonder if I believe anymore. Because the devil's goal is to kill momentum. Now develop an unstoppable faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus said this, and I want to read it to you. He spoke about Lot, and he spoke about what would happen in the last days. And I'll wrap up in a moment after reading this. Luke chapter 17, he says it was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, no one who is on the housetop with possessions inside should go down to get their Versace bag or their Louis Vuitton shoes. <laughs> Thought I'd just make it relevant. Likewise, no one in the field should go back for their scrambler motorbike or anything. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life will preserve it. Don't be swayed. Don't be double-minded. Become an unstoppable person. I want to close, but I want to make, I want to give you an illustration. I want to say this. I find that when other people stop me, I find it easier to overcome. When the government or the recession or, or someone says something, I find it easy to overcome those kind of, I'm like, I won't let you stop me. But when I fail, I find it hard to keep going because I feel like you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have thought that. And, and, and I'm reminded that we will fall from time to time, but we need to get up and go on. Yeah, but you've fallen for the how many time? And you call yourself a Christian? Just get up again. If Peter, who was the leader of the disciples, not just one of them, could fall and go back to fishing and Jesus said, come here, you're unstoppable. I'm going to make you unstoppable. And he can go on, then I can too. And no fall is too great that you can't get up from it today and go on. I'm going to pray in a moment. I'll just tell you about these two guys. I read about people who've fallen out of the sky and survived without a parachute. One guy, he fell 20,000 feet, 6,700 meters, Russian Lieutenant Chizov, and he landed on the edge of a, of a snowy ravine, and he slid down. He was very badly injured, but in three months, he recovered, and guess what? He wanted to go fly again. That's bouncing back. Another guy, British flight sergeant, Alchemade, he jumped out of a blazing bomber over Germany, fell 5,400 feet, 18,000, sorry, 5,400 meters, 18,000 feet. He fell on a fir tree and they bounced him into knee high, a knee high snowbank, which broke his fall. He didn't have a single broken bone. Got up, carried on. Listen to this. It happened in 1944. He lived until 1987 and was a productive member of the chemical industry. We need to learn how to fall, break our fall because of Jesus, and keep going because it's not over yet. You and I can be unstoppable because of Jesus Christ.
in our lives. You believe that today? We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.